0: a little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Right now, I'm going to be preaching a chapter that I haven't written yet of my book. So when I preach it, I hear what God wants to say because that's how I communicate. he's giving me and then i can go back from there and write it and then talia can listen to it plus get it and so um so i'm going to be talking on raising the dead i'm only doing one chapter they're not that long i have two chapters but um i really felt uh to have greg come and share and i knew i was going to actually contact you could you share something on evangelism but i knew lord will take care of it amen and so so we we need to receive what he has for us amen um Thousands of people get these on the internet. More people here in this ministry on the internet than walks in this building. So we also have uh, another whole group of people, plus pastors and all, to, to speak to. And so I appreciate you guys coming, because I don't like to just look in the camera and talk, amen? So, so I really appreciate you guys coming. All right, we are going to look at how many's interested in raising the dead, amen? And after the COVID and so many Christians dying, I think we ought to get a little more interested in it. Amen? How many know we haven't even scraped the surface? The church is not ready for rapture. The church has not even gotten back to the book of Acts yet. Amen? We've got to get back to the book of Acts and then go from there. Amen? So let's just get real. We got a ways to go. That's why we need to die to the flesh. That's why we need to get hungry. I want Christ to come back for a glorious, spotless bride who looks like him, amen, and has the authority and power. I'll tell you somebody to listen to if you're ready to get hungry for deeper things. Paul Keith Davis, he was really good at this conference. He is definitely a forerunner in what God is doing. Joshua Giles is another one that really is seeing what God has coming, and they're not looking at how bad things are. They're looking at how awesome God is and where he's taken his bride, amen? So we're gonna, today we're going to do, um, this is a pretty wild one, we're going to do Acts 27. Uh, do you know there's only 10 times that it's talked about being raised from the dead in Scripture, only 10 situations? And so basically I'll probably have 10 chapters in my book. Amen? And um, so, so let's go to Acts 27. Let's go there. So Holy Spirit, ho! You know what everybody needs to hear on this, and so help us with this, Lord As we uh, preach this word, Holy Spirit, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you that people can be fed today. We thank you they can be healed today. We thank you how good you are. We thank you, Lord, that you would call this ministry to put forth books and to put forth materials to train up apostolic people. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Acts 27. Now, on the first day of the weeks, which would be Sunday, when we were gathered together to break bread, share communion, Paul began talking with them, intending to leave the next day. He kept on with his message until midnight. So anyone who's ever really come to a conference or really heard me preach or really get me preaching will understand like, oh, Paul could preach six to 10 hours also. Amen. There's coming an apostolic time when church preaching and a message from the Holy Spirit will come and come and come and it'll be so good. You, you may leave to eat, but you don't want to. They're like, oh, man, I wish I didn't have to leave. Amen? So here is Paul teaching and preaching, and he's going on and on and on. And now he hits midnight. All right? Now, there were many lamps in the upper room where they were assembled. But there was this young man named Eutychus. His name means lucky or um, has very good fortune. (laughs) That's what his name means. He was sitting on the windowsill. Now remember they're upstairs and he was sinking into a deep sleep and as Paul kept on talking longer and longer, he was, this is the flesh overcoming, amen. He was completely overcome by sleep and he fell down from the third story and he was picked up dead. Okay, so here is Paul, a true apostle. And apostles love to preach and teach and bring forth the word of God. Amen. And he's just going on and on and on. And everybody's sitting comfortably in a room. It's not like the the church idea we have in America. And he's just preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching. And And I'm guaranteeing he's anointed. And he's having uh, Holy Spirits all over the place. And it's awesome. And this one person. And we've all been in those services even when they've been anointed. And we're just tired i am the worst if i want to go to sleep i put on preaching i mean i if i want to go to sleep i put on preaching and i'm usually asleep within 20 minutes it's very hard for me to be on that side sitting down i just got to tell you these conferences about i we didn't go to the afternoon sessions it's like i can't do that i can't sit that long and listen to somebody else preach i'll watch them at home and go to sleep (laughs) amen so here he does he falls asleep he falls three stories Now that I can understand because the beach house is the first, is just underground. And I remember um, thinking about when I saw kids' fingerprints all over the windows in the little sunroom. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if somebody opens these windows to the screen and let their kids stand on the couch or move the furniture over, that's a long way down. So I actually put signs on all the windows up there please keep windows closed and locked when children are in this room because people don't think and and the as is pray for this little boy just yes day before yesterday he he they moved into a new house he's second floor up and and he pushed on his screen and fell and he's in intensive care and he needs prayer and i put that on facebook and I, and I can understand everybody, all this, they didn't, you know what I mean? You can't be with them all the time and you don't think about some of these things. That's why I'm thinking with this beach house, people aren't thinking about this. And I pray divine protection and pray that nothing, no one would ever get hurt in that place. Amen? Which is what I prayed when we got this place. When I got this place, I had the Lord promise me, ho, that no one would ever really be hurt here. No one would ever, um, we never have a lawsuit that way. We never have to, uh, to do any of those things, thank God. And I'm encouraging you, pray that, quit depending on your insurance, amen? Pray that over your homes, pray that when you get in your car, pray it and mean it, okay? To really pray is not just to murmur what you want. To really pray is to accept with your heart the promises of God, go find those promises. Anyone who came up for healing today and has not already looked up all the scriptures on healing, you are a lazy Christian. Can I get an amen? You need to know why you can ask God to do what he's going to do. You need to, he's not like some, you know, wizard up in the stars that you just, he's God. He has a relationship with you. His son paid the price for your healing. He prayed for it but his, he is the word, amen? He is the word. Jesus Christ is the word who became flesh. So if I want the word and I want his promises in his word, I need a relationship with him, amen? And I need to acknowledge the power of of his word. So I need to know his word. Amen. I need to know his word and I need to stand on that word. And so if I got the power of God hit me today and I had a word and I felt the presence of God and he sent me up, I would get up and I would fight with that word. So if a symptom came back, I would take authority over it and make it bow its knee in the name of Jesus. And I'm gonna tell you what, it would bow its knee. It would bow its knee because it's the word of God. And he became flesh and dwelt among us and died for us so that we can have his promises. And it's time to wake up in Quipion's lazy believers and get in the word. See what he says about your marriage. See what he says about your finances. And then do what he says. So here's Paul. I'm sure Paul had that same kind of uh, belief. Amen. That same kind of promise that when i minister, no one's going to get hurt. And so he's praying that. So let's see what happens. So this young man sitting on the windowsill, sinking deep, falls into a deep sleep. And as Paul kept on talking longer and longer, he was completely overcome by sleep and fell down from the third story, and he was picked up dead. Now that would kind of make for meetings to get a little interesting. Now if that was in the church today, we've seen it. Everybody's screaming and yelling and praying over the person while they're calling the paramedics, while somebody's coming. And we've never s- seen them even get healed usually or raised from the dead if, that, if somebody had a heart attack or something in the meeting, right? So how did they get it here? How did they get a different result? Let's see. But Paul went down and threw himself on him and embraced him. So first of all, Paul immediately Yielded to Holy Spirit, ran down the three floors. Didn't say a word to anybody that I can tell. Didn't do anything. Paul knew he had a promise. Paul knew this can't happen at my meeting. This can't happen in this place. This can't happen in my meeting. God, I'm doing Your will, and I know You have me preaching. I know You have me. And and he didn't. They. I'm sure it would cause some commotion, don't you think, for everybody. It would cause commotion here, but Paul just immediately took care of it. And he ran down, it says, and he threw himself on him and embraced him. And as he's doing this, and this throwing himself, he basically grabbed the young man, hugged him completely, completely hugged him, holding on to him. And he looks at everybody and says, Don't be worried. He's basically saying, getting your fear out of here. I got a promise from God that nobody's going to get hurt when I'm preaching. The devil's not going to do this. Just this kid's flesh finds him. He's not doing it. And and so he just embraced him. We don't see him rebuking the devil. I think this kid died from flesh. He shouldn't have been sitting on the windowsill sleepy. Amen. Right? But this is like, it didn't say a demon came and pushed him off. It said he fell asleep. How many of us got to recognize there's, there's car accidents and things that happened that had nothing to do with the devil. It had to do with somebody driving who was too tired to be driving or somebody going too fast. Amen. So we need to start seeing, but guess what? You still have a promise. You still have a promise to believe for your family. You still have a promise. Even though this young man should not have been sitting in the windowsill, even though it was a long preaching, the minute he started feeling sleepy, he should have got down. Amen. And so it doesn't even say this was a demonic attack, does it? So guess what? You live in flesh. You jump off a building. It doesn't even take a devil. You're going to get hurt. You do things you're not supposed to do in a flesh body. You're going to get hurt. We wouldn't need a glorified body if these were them. Amen. So that's when you repent. If you do something stupid, like the time I, I kicked a trunk, I, pushed, I tried to push it with my foot. Don't do that. And I got a sciatic nerve thing. There wasn't a demon giving me a sciatic nerve thing. It was Cindy not doing what you're supposed to do before you lift something heavy or push something heavy. And I did, I did that thing. But guess what? God still healed me. I had to go through a little bit of thing, but he supernaturally healed me. Thank God. Amen. So sometimes you're going to... Now, this kid can't repent because his parents are probably going, why did we let him sit in the window? You know, he was sleeping Oh, you know, whatever you believe me. There was a lot going on around. Why? How do you know? Because Paul looks up and he says to them, do not be troubled. He's alive. Paul is stopping the fear and the unbelief, just as when Jesus says he's only sleeping. See, Paul knew when he ran down there, he had a promise from God and he knew that The devil wasn't going to do this in that place or the kid wasn't leaving his body in that meeting. So he goes on and he says, when Paul went, okay, so when Paul went back upstairs, (laughs) so listen to this. I love this. This is, this maybe was normal for them. Whatever it was in that anointing, it didn't take all the attention away like it would nowadays in church. Can I get amen? Paul went back upstairs back up to the third floor, broke bread. They all ate. He talked and he kept on talking with them for a long time until daybreak. And then he left. That could have been excitement though, you know, that he was preaching that all of a sudden they all go back. Cause there's, they're so excited about what God did. They're so excited about the word of God. They're so excited about what just happened. Amen. That they keep, they actually take time, break bread. That could actually be, they could be eating a meal. And talking about what God's doing, how good he is, how powerful that is. Because God just raised that kid from the dead. Amen? And then it says, um, then he left. So he talked from somewhere early evening all the way to daybreak. And then we get upset if it's after two hours in church. You know, we're never going to have the power of God when we keep watching clocks. I just got to be honest. But it's really hard not to when everybody wants to leave. And my prayer is, Lord, what, what has to happen for people to not want to leave? I'm going to tell you, we, we've never not had the presence of God in this church. We didn't go through a dry season. Amen? But the people aren't hungry. Some, I think the word this morning, I'm not thinking, when Janelle, I think that was Janelle who was prophesying, and then the Lord took over the whole meeting. He's like saying, you guys take all this for granted. You just take for granted he's going to be here. I ought to take you to some church meetings other places and let you sit there for two hours where there's no Holy Spirit. You, we, so, some of you don't actually know how absolutely awesome it is that God shows up here every single week. Last week was a little iffy. That was not the Easter service I was expecting, but the Lord would show me some things I've got to correct and take care of, not in my life, but in just things. Amen? But at the same time, I really believe some of my family really heard the gospel preached really clearly and explained some situations that the enemy had brought bitterness in their heart so that they're going to completely, I I could already tell a change. Amen? And so the Lord's just going to keep doing his thing, but the enemy's going to always use anything and anybody, any way he can, amen, to try to stop what God wants to do. And so we've got to get a little bit okay with being, uh, learning to flow and not flow and being told we can't get our feelings hurt the minute the Lord brings correction in what's coming to the new wineskin church in Alba We'll have correction. If you've ever been to Benny Hinn, and you get a little bit mad, you think he's controlling that man has an anointing with the flow because he will stop anything on anybody, anywhere to honor the Holy spirit. And I'm, that's me from now. It's me anyway, but from now on it's me. So come in knowing, amen. Come in knowing that it's going to be Holy spirit flow and, and Holy spirit flow only. And if I miss it, I'll recognize it. And Holy spirit will convict me and I'll apologize. I only want the Holy spirit. I don't want to go to dead church either. And I don't want this to become one. Amen. But we've got to have a little bit of an apostolic backbone coming to the new wineskin God's going to do, because God's going to correct things and do things when it needs to be done. Well, you should have waited till after the service. Well, then there would then there would be no service. Amen. Or no move of the Holy Spirit. The same thing. The same thing. You know, the truth is, who's hungry? If you're really hungry to be holy, then Tuesday nights is a really good night to come get some healing and deliverance amen which by the way this Tuesday night we're going to do some major deliverance and Tuesday nights have been really awesome also you know they're all awesome but he's he's doing what he wants to do when he wants to do it he you have to have clean hands and a pure heart amen and you've got to get free from any identity that you're holding on to that's not been crucified and now it's all his identity. I no longer have an identity. I no longer live but Christ lives in me. That's, that means I don't have an identity. We're all into identity politics and the church is into identity. What tribe are you from and where are you? I'm not from a tribe. It's just a fancy name for a denomination. Well, we'll call it a movement. Why don't you just admit you're still into covering and denominationalism and you judged all that. So you got to come up with a different name. How about we're one body, one Holy Spirit to knit us together how he wants. And a foot can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. Amen. There's so much that God is going to be doing anyway. All right. So Paul goes back upstairs, they break and eat bread and they talk. For a very long time until daybreak, and then Paul has to go. And they took the boy home alive, and everyone was very comforted and encouraged. I want you to get this. Okay, just get this. Here, this kid, however old he is, falls and dies. So we don't know if he broke his neck. We don't know. You know, it was a long fall. Something major happened. He is dead. Paul goes down, still in the anointing, not in fear. Hugs him, doesn't speak in the name of Jesus, doesn't do any of our formulas, just hugs him. Was probably having a conversation in his head with God, to be quite honest. Told anybody else, quit being troubled, quit being worried. He's picking up all the fear and unbelief coming. And then the kid was fine, goes up and they all eat and have a great time. And he continues to preach longer than he was planning. Amen. And then the parents stayed the whole time. If this was a young kid, I think it was, or, or younger. And they, they stayed. Everybody stayed. Everybody stayed all night because they were in such awe of the preaching, the teaching, and this miracle that happened in their presence. Amen? See, we've got to pray for hunger. I personally believe the reason all the nations and our nation is going to go through a preplanned um, by the uh, people who serve the enemy Famine, there's no famine in the land. There's tons of food. They're paying them not to produce food. Uh So that's not a judgment of God. But we are about to go through that uh, one country that the so-called president uh, owes a lot to. um, Has decided not to ship us any food and to close down all their production because uh, one person has COVID seriously. So it's shut down. So they haven't sent food for a few months. Hasn't caught up with us yet because we have warehouses, which somebody seems to be catching on fire. They so happen to start a war, get or help support a war where we can't get fertilizer. Well, good gosh, we got enough cows, we can have our own fertilizer, except for some political group wants to get rid of cows. Because if we can't have cows, we won't have as good a fertilizer. How many know if the person who probably really maybe won was in, the person who handled all that stuff really fast with, with you know what? I bet you we'd have fertilizer being made all over the place right now. I guarantee you we'd have more farming going on than you ever saw in your life. The government would be taking money instead of throwing it away to a bunch of junk. We'd have farming. We'd be the ones giving food out to everybody. This is such a solvable thing. But let me tell you. The reason we're going to go through a little bit, so I'd go put, I'd store away some stuff if I were you is because the church isn't hungry. Therefore you're going to be hungry. Said this was conspiracy. This is a conspiracy. Anybody go, go look at real news. They haven't sent food for a couple of months. It should run out by July. Sometimes they've already five fires and burned some food plants. There's no fertilizer and they're paying, this administration is paying farmers money not to farm. This is a pre-planned crisis with lawlessness to have people wanting to break in your home to steal your food. Come grab everything out of your garden. Right at the time of uh, what could be happening in November that could have somebody trying to do all this. Wake up. Amen. But don't blame. The church needs to be hungry. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Nobody else. Nobody else is going to be filled with the oil. Everybody thinks, well, we're going to be part of that bride that's going to be have oil and out of here. You might go to church when you want That's the problem that you go to church when you want. Do you go to church when he wants? I can tell they don't. The church is half full today because it's a nice, nice sunny day out there. That's fine. We can watch it later. Well, maybe I'll just go delete all social media and you can't watch it later. The sad thing is what's in your heart. All this probably won't be in the book, but anyhow. (laughs) So let me tell you the story that will be in the book. That's my personal story that goes along with this kind of healing. When I first got this building, I prayed over the building and I asked the Lord to please not let anyone ever get really hurt here. See, some of you don't understand the responsibility of having a ditch out there, of having strangers come in and out. We used to have a thrift store, of of having all this kind of stuff. Amen? So we're in the building. The Lord promised me no one be hurt here. And we had the thrift store. And a person who I'm just going to call George, because I'm not using real names in this book. So we had this person, George, who was really serious about God at the time, or we thought so and he was helping us with something over in the thrift store. Concrete floors, glass uh, countertop we had at the time. Um, so I'm in the back storage area room, and um, my sister, who can scream really loud, you can ask Ron if you don't believe me, and she came, she was coming through the door, and right when she was coming through the door, she saw this person fall from, are the ceilings the same height over there, or are they taller, same height? the same height ceiling, from the very, very top, they were on a ladder, and she, this, my sister screamed seriously, the most loud, scary scream you ever heard. And as I walked around, I saw this person flopping through the air, their hands were going, and I just yelled, Jesus, that's all I had time to do. And, and as I yelled Jesus, I, um, I heard him hit the floor, they hit the, glass counter first and slammed on the floor and they were there like dead. And I just remember walking up to him, I stayed calm. I said, Lord, you promised me. I said, Lord, you promised me nobody would be hurt here. You promised me, God. You promised me. And so for all purposes this person looked dead. I actually believe they were dead. That's why I'm putting it in the book on resurrection. Because they were lifeless. They fell that far. They hit their head. They they were just laying there lifeless. And um and I just said, Lord, you promised me, you promised me. All of a sudden, they get up and they're just rubbing their head like, like they didn't have to go to the hospital, like, like they were fine. They could talk, everything was fine. So we were like, oh, thank you, God, thank you, God. I knew God had intervened. But what we didn't know is that person went to a doctor like a year or two later, and it was a new doctor for them. So they were taking a whole new set of x-rays and just, just part of the routine. And when they did the x-rays, the, the doctor said to this George person, excuse me, who is your surgeon? And he said, well, what do you mean? I don't, I've never had, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, no, you broke your neck, and whoever, whoever whatever doctor, did whatever you call it to, to stitch them up, did such a great job. I want to meet him. I've never seen stitches, or there's a word for it, uh, in your neck. And he, so, what, How do you say it? Sutures. 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 Sound like sushi. Sutures. I've never seen one done like this before. And and George was like, wait a minute, I never, I never, I never broke my neck. I've never broke my neck. And then all of a sudden they felt the Holy Spirit all over them and they had the Holy Spirit reminded them, No, you did when you fell from that ladder. Well the Lord was putting on my heart when I was I was praying the other day. I said, Well, Lord, what Do you want me to put towards an ending in this book you know are are we going to walk through something else big of seeing somebody raised from the dead or what are we going to do um you know because i'm fine but we don't have like a real wow story um and the lord said and that's when the lord said well died that's why he didn't move but the lord told me that he said no he, he died and because of your promise And because you called out my name and you wouldn't let go of that promise, I raised him up. And I left that uh, surgery there to show that this was really serious. Because God was going to make it not look like it was serious. How cool is God? And the sad thing is we need to pray that even after that kind of miracle, somebody would go back to a lifestyle of sin. It's just so incredibly hard for me to understand, to be honest. Amen? And so we need to pray. You can get miracles and they don't save people. You know, there's going to be perfect, perfect, perfect world when Jesus Christ is here. Perfect leadership, perfect ministry, however it's all going to work out. And yet Satan's still able to come back at the end of that time and gather together people who want to be their own God and do their own thing and serve their flesh instead of God. That, that to me is to be one of the most uh, scary scriptures that with Jesus Christ himself ruling the whole planet that people are still going to choose Satan. So aren't you glad you're here not choosing Satan? Amen? But we need to really pray for people. You'll always have a free will choice. You'll always have a free will choice. And, and miracles are not really, miracles confirm God's word, but it's only him. It's only by his spirit that people are going to find him and want him, and we need to pray and help do spiritual warfare to get the obstacles out of the way to stop them from wanting Christ. Amen? But um, so, so it was cool the Lord showed me that, that just the prayers he gives you. So I encourage you. Go and get in the Word. Spend time with God. Get the promise for when you're on an airplane. Get the promise get the promise when you're on an airplane. Get the promise for when you go somewhere. I always ask the Lord, if I'm in a really dangerous situation, which I've been in quite a few times, it'll be in other books, but the typhoon and, and terrorists and all this other mess, and I always ask the Lord, am I going to die? Because if he says yes, I just want to be ready. <laughs> Amen. I'm serious. I mean, if I've, but, it, but if I'm not supposed to die yet, then I'm not going to. Amen. And I'm like, Lord, am I going to die in this? And he'll say, no, like that big typhoon. He said, a thousand will fall to one side, 10,000 to the other. It won't come near you. We're the only people on the island that we were supposed to get the direct hit. And, and God spared us. And we didn't even, we, the whole, biggest danger we had was coconuts falling off a tree. But the island beside us, a thousand died as soon as the wave came up, took them out. And the news said a thousand died. By the time we got back to Manila, 10,000, they had said died. And we were right in the middle of it. We were actually on the what should have been the target of this thing. And God, somehow, I still don't know to this day, we were able to stay on Facebook while it was happening. We still don't know how we didn't have electricity. We were on a generator. The only reason I knew it was so bad was because people in the U.S. were telling us, how amazing is God? Guys, can this be the year that we get so much faith we don't even we can't even contain ourselves, amen? We have to go and pray for people because of so much faith. We have to see a situation and hear God about it and ask him about it and not just take this as okay, normal, amen? When you hear of a family member that's really sick, you can't make it happen, amen? But you can at least ask God, what can I do? How can I believe? And then when he is the author behind it, He'll, he'll bring the healing. He knows his laws. He knows everything about what's going on. But we need to get to such a place of hearing him and believing him. Amen? And you don't want to wait until the person falls in your building. Amen? And you don't want to get outside of God's will. You don't want to get outside of God's will. It's like, Lord, show me what to do. Show me how to do it. I don't want pretended faith. Amen? I really believe it's wisdom to put those little signs on those windows for those parents who aren't paying attention to their kids at the beach house. Amen? So before they can open that window, they got a sign that says, don't open this window if you have children in this room. Don't leave children unsupervised in this room. Amen? So I believe we're supposed to do the part that we're supposed to do. Amen? That's wisdom. We're supposed to do that. So parents, take care of your children. Amen. Don't just think nothing can happen to them. You're the, he's given you guardianship to take care of them. You don't just send them out there thinking somebody can't do anything bad to them because they're yours. No, you, you can get a promise from God, but then you need to parent the way he wants you to parent. You need to be serious about, about the world we're living in. Amen. Don't have pretended faith. Pretended faith is I'm a Christian. Everything's going to be okay. Well, how did that go for, for a lot of people during COVID? That did not go well for me when the tree branch hit my daughter. Amen. I hate pretended faith because it gives you a false sense of everything's okay instead of a deeper hunger to go deeper in God and hear him personally and walk with him personally. Amen. And we are definitely living in a time and a season when we need to get rid of pretended faith and have real faith. Because Satan is out to kill, steal, and destroy. Amen? And he is ticked off at Christians. He's ticked off at this ministry. But I don't care. Because he's under my feet. Amen? He's under my feet. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching